0: because that way in that crew you're sort of synergizing bringing to bring people in lock them down get your points and then kill them when you're done with them
1: howdy friend craig here in this episode we've got john fox and roman heckenberger teaching us how they uh run brewmaster in bayou i found multiple builds that they use to be very interesting so enjoy the episode strategy game allows you to unplug and test your skills against friends. Every week, Third Floor Wars delivers useful strategies, discussions, battle reports and reviews to tabletop games like Malifaux. If you want to get better at the games you already play or discover the games other people are playing, you are in the right place. Craig and Ray welcome you to the Third Floor and the Tabletop Talk Broadcast. Craig here on the Third Floor. Today, we're going to do a deep dive into the Bayou Master Brewmaster and how the Tri-Chi crew works in Malifo Third Edition. Now, my guests today are John Fox and Roman Heckenberger. Both of them have been on the show before. John gave us a great Zip Deep Dive, and Roman did that amazing Colette Deep Dive, so be sure to go back and listen to both of those episodes if you missed either of them. Now, both of these guys have been very active running Brewmaster all throughout the beta for third edition and now into release. All right, John, welcome back to the third floor. Hey, Craig.
0: How's it going, man?
1: Good. Good to have you back, and Roman, welcome back to you as well. Thanks so much, Craig. Good to be back. Yeah, so we're going to try to focus on Brewmaster and the Tri-Chi crew, and we're going to dig pretty deep in how both Roman and John build the Tri-Chi crew. We're going to focus a lot on what they both see as being viable crews, and we'll see um, if there's maybe some models that one or the other uh, really thinks deserves a shout-out. And then we're going to talk about how do they approach Brewmaster when they know who the opponent's going to be and how they look at the schemes and strategy pools. So... Uh, Roman, can you give us uh, just kind of a quick overview of the kind of master the Brewmaster is? Sure. Uh, at heart, he remains a
2: pretty debuff control master, uh, but he's definitely gained a new beatdown gear, uh, and his crew have gotten more sturdy. They can hang around a little bit longer.
1: And, uh, John, is he, is he support? Is he out there hurting people? What's
0: he doing? He's kind of cool because he can switch gears pretty quickly. He's definitely more of a control master, but then the next thing, you know, he drops a couple rams and suddenly he's swinging for some very surprising damage.
1: So. We hear the term all the time, guys, of control master. And John, when you use the term control master, what does that mean?
0: A control master is, well, just that. They control a certain aspect of the game by either locking down and throwing out conditions or moving other models into positions where that crew needs them to be as opposed to where the, the other crew really wants to be. So they're, they're literally controlling the flow of the game.
1: Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. And when we think, uh, about Brewmaster John as a control master. What is he controlling?
0: Um, well, he is giving out slow. He's handing out poison, which is, you know, a, a slow tick sort of death. He has a lure, which is really, really big. Um, you know, lore was always kind of a, a scary thing to see on a model in second edition. And I think it's no less in third, even though most of our lures have kind of, drop down to 12 instead of that, you know, crazy 18 inches they could have been in the <laughs> second edition. Um, but he, yeah, he's just absolutely doing that.
1: Yeah. So he's hurting their efficiency. It sounds like with the slow doing some positioning tricks with the lure. Um, and then uh, you know, building up that, that ticking of damage. Um, Roman, can you kind of give us an idea of some of his main mechanics? Uh, something that uh, is distinctly trichi.
2: Well, in a word, poison, as you would expect. Uh, His crew hands it out to the opponent's crew, of course do damage at the end of every turn, which is increased around Brewmaster, his totem, and one of his henchmen. Uh, This also makes Brewy more effective both offensively and defensively uh, as he raises his stats according to the opposing model that he's uh, performing a duel against uh, in both directions. Uh, And his uh, friends like to have it on some of them for various uses. Some of them use it to make them move extra movement for free. Some of them heal off of it. One summons with it. One draws cards with it. And as John already mentioned,
1: brewmaster can up his damage with it on a trigger. So I want to dig a little bit deeper into that. So you talked about, you know, some advantages the brewmaster has when he's in a duel with something with poison. Can you, can you kind of explain that a little bit more for me? Sure, it's
2: one of his abilities uh, where when he uh, is during opposed duels, he increases his final duel total by the value the opponent opposing model's poison condition to a maximum of plus two.
1: Got it. So if they have poison two, then he gets plus two to his flip. Uh, if they've got poison eight, he gets plus two.
2: Exactly. If they have poison one, he has po- uh, plus one.
0: Well, that's kind of nice. And it's important to note, sorry, it's important to notice that this is on his attacks and on his defensive flips. So he is possibly defense seven, willpower nine. So that makes him a lot tougher to take down. And he is also swinging on a stat eight usually for his attacks or his lures.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that John because I I honestly didn't even think about that even though Roman you had mentioned you made it clear it was on opposed duels I automatically think about him attacking but him bolstering up his defensive abilities uh, via poison is huge Um, now John does he get poison on him
0: oh absolutely and you definitely want poison on brewmaster so he has this really cool trigger Um, it's on a couple models it's called drunken strength so it's on a ram and when resolving, it gives him plus two, up to plus two damage depending on his poison condition. And then he lowers his poison by two. So that puts him at a four, five, six swing on his attack.
1: So there's his offensive capabilities there, right? As you get some poison on him and that bolsters up his uh, damage track.
0: Yeah. So the magical Christmas land with him, what you're wanting to do is you're wanting to have like at least five, maybe six poison on him when you go in on someone. Then you hit them. And of course, when you hit them, he gives poison plus two on each of his attacks. So you're building up their poison and, um, he's swinging, you know, more accurately. And then you're spending those rams either through cards in your hand or through, um, your, you know, through stones to make him hit harder. If he hits all three times, he's done min what or 12 damage. Then he is going to use his uh, blood poisoning, which is the same thing that morning has to hit their willpower and do up to five damage to them based on the amount of poison they have. If he's hit all three times, they'll have at least six poison. So he's hitting them for five more damage right there. So he could flat out take almost any model in the game out when he's got poison ramped up.
1: Yeah, that's pretty serious. Yeah, yeah. And on on top of all of that, if what he's going up against has that poison, you know, he's swinging at a a higher stat as well. Very nice. Now, um, Roman, I would assume, because, you know, he benefits from having poison on him and he wants poison on, uh, you know, who he's uh, in opposed duels with... Is other than the you know the plus two poison that uh he's dishing out with his attack, how is brew getting poison on himself? Uh,
2: so that's actually one of the things that the crew does very well. Uh, mm- A good number of them have a two-inch engagement range on one of their melee actions, and it's just called "Have a Drink." Doesn't have any kind (laughs) of a uh, yeah. They they have a lot of fun with the the terms on these cards. I love it. Uh, But "Have a Drink" just gives the target poison plus two. No damage, no nothing. But it it's great early turn to kind of set up your crew. You move somebody up a little bit. You charge them, uh, probably pass them, so you're still within that two inch range but you're getting as much forward as you can mm-hmm. they're relenting and you're just giving them poison too Brewy likes a little bit of it uh the whiskey gammon like it uh you just want poison on a good number of your guys for sure
1: so you can you can you don't have to worry too much about you know who's in that aura because the majority of the tri cheese um, are okay taking on that poison
2: exactly they all have a, a defensive ability called alcohol poisoning uh or excuse me, wrong one. Uh, high tolerance; they reduce all damage suffered from poison to zero.
1: Oh, that's big. Okay, that's a big deal. Yeah, with McMorning, he's healing off of it, so it's it's a similar way with the experimental. Except uh, they, um, you know, they benefit from the poison as well. Um, so it sounds like he could be pretty tanky. It sounds like he's dishing out a ton of damage, John. How often is is Brewmaster seeing turn five?
0: Um, Pretty often, mainly because though he doesn't really have a lot of like defensive abilities on his card, he has some really interesting mechanics that roll with. So if you have three or more poison and you're within eight inches of Brewmaster, then you gain slow. So he's definitely getting poison on you. He's putting you slow. He's luring you in. To Which has a trigger to put poison on you as well. And then I always ramp him up with a great upgrade called 12 Cups of Coffee. 12 Cups of Coffee has an ability that lets you turn off all bonus actions. So any model engaged with Brewmaster is going to be slow and no bonus actions. Which means that you're hitting him once. And with the massive amount of heals that are also in Tri-Chi, he's not going anywhere
1: yeah that's wow that's a nightmare i mean especially with the bonus action because for a lot of models that might be their escape route um you know as they have a leap or you know a bonus push or something like that for him to turn that all that off and hand out slow um that's nasty roman are you seeing him survive most of the game oh most of the time definitely uh and I was, that was
2: going to be the other main mechanic I mentioned was this healing. Cause it's not just on brewmaster, uh, only one keyword model for all of tri-chi has no way to heal either itself or another friendly, that's big. uh, and that's, that's the whiskey gammon. You don't really want them to heal. They're running around scheming for mm-hmm. you. Uh, every non-construct model, except for the tanuki can self heal with the same trusty flask that brewmaster has. And then, uh, the Tanuki can heal
1: nearby friendlies while also giving them focus. So, and we'll start with you, John, and, and then we'll kind of break it out a little bit. But John, can you kind of give me an idea of maybe how you're spending, uh, you know, the first first three actions and bonus for Brewy on turn one? Is that kind of standard?
0: It can be. It depends on really how close you are. Most of what my initial turn is, is going to be ramping up this sort of uh, poison bomb that um, you want on Brewmaster. So my first actions are usually going to be doing something that puts poison on Brewmaster so that I'm ready for the second turn where I'm going to get in. Now, if someone wants to get within 12 inches of brewery, then they're getting lured in and probably getting popped off pretty quick. And you know, that always feels good too. So <laughs> in general, I'm moving up a little bit and I'm poisoning up my guys. And then I'm going to turn around and, you know, sort of explode on people on turn two.
1: Now, Roman, how, how important is this bubble uh, that, you know, that you're using to get all this poison handed out? Does that bubble really need to stay in place for a long time or are you a lot as can Brewy go run off on his own?
2: Maybe not entirely on his own, but he does not need his crew around him in that bubble. Uh, I've seen, I usually keep one, maybe two other models near him, depending on what the the Strat and Scheme pool is, depending on what I'm facing against. Uh, I'll keep something near him that can heal as a, as a, oh no, emergency button, and Maybe one other minion in case he needs a poison top off or he needs somebody to, to scheme around him. But
1: everybody else is off running and doing their own thing. Gotcha. Because I think that that was kind of one of the things that I think was tough about him in the last edition is that, uh, you know, he was a classic version of the Bubble Master. So it sounds like you've got a lot more flexibility. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Very cool. Now let's talk about his totem.
0: All right. Yeah, we got um, Apprentice Wesley. Um, he is just kind of a brewmaster enabler at this point. He has the uh, have a drink ability, which gives out poison. Um, he has the sober up ability, which ends a condition and gives the model focused. And it has an automatic trigger to heal. To. Oh, wow, that's good. Um, so, yeah. So basically, he's kind of running around behind Brewy, healing him up, giving him poison D- just generally being, uh, you know, s- helping out here and there. And he has a bonus upgrade when Brewmaster dies. He gets a little bit better. I haven't ever seen it in game because Brewmaster doesn't die. <laughs> right. So it's it's a cute thing to have. Um, but in general, he also has alcohol poisoning, which is pretty cool because it uh, allows you to extend your bubble of um, poison doing more damage. So... He's kind of nice to have around that you can kind of maneuver and create a bigger bubble of well, you're going to take more damage from poison, which is kind of where you want things to be. This is a crew that in general wants to like maybe pick off a couple of big guys at first and then sort of slow kill everybody else.
1: So you talk about extending the bubble and I might might have misunderstood things. So. Does every if if a model has poison with inside this bubble does everybody get bonus damage against that model or just the the model that has the ability?
0: The model suffers plus 1 damage from poison. Anything oh, within 8 okay. inches of either Brewmaster or Apprentice Wesley will suffer plus 1 damage from poison.
1: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And is there um you know with uh experimental there's ways to get them to tick poison outside of um the uh end of turn uh is brewmaster doing that as well
0: oh uh, well he's got that blood poison ability which is still poison damage right so when you hit him it's going to it says 5 but it's going to do 6 um but really there's not a lot of as much doing poison on because part of the rest of the crew's um defensive tech is beer goggles which says that if the opponent is trying to attack you and they have poison and you have beer goggles, they have to discard a card or be on a negative for the flip. Oh, wow. So you want your, you want everybody around you to have poison and you want it to stay a little while and you want it to tick off at the end of the turn so that you can do a little bit more damage to them.
1: It sounds to me, Roman, like you know the initial reaction as an opponent would be, you know, I need condition removal. But I mean, if you're going up against him, and I experienced this as a reser player with McMorning, there's not enough condition removal you can bring. Like the, you're going to be poisoned entirely. Yes, uh, you're you're going to be poisoned
2: after a little bit of work. You're going to be slow when you activate within eight of Bruy. Uh, they have a, a burning sub theme. They throw out conditions every way and poison
1: can't be assisted away either. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like loading up on condition removal could potentially be a trap if you think that's going to save you. So that's that is very interesting. Um gentlemen, what we're gonna do, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back from the break, I want to go beyond just brewery. I want to talk about the rest of the trichi crew. And I'm really anxious to hear would each of you kind of consider your core crews? So what are models that you guys pretty much always hire, regardless of what the pool or the opponent does? We'll be right back. Howdy friends, Craig here. With 3rd edition Malifaux released, it's time for you to get a new mat with new deployment zones. We've tried every mat in the business and nobody has better quality and selection than mats by Mars. They're waterproof and they roll and unroll easily and they're even wet erase Marco compatible. They offer over 35 designs and let you add M3E overlays for making deployment and positioning a breeze. Check them out at matsbymars.com. They are offering a sweet discount for our listeners. After you found the perfect mat, use the promo code third Floor to get 10% off your entire order. If you really want to support us in the notes of your order, request that our logo be put in the corner of your mat. It's the only way to make the best mat in the business even cooler. Again, that's Matt by Mars. Use the promo code third Floor to get a 10% discount. Details are in the show notes. So Brewery doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun to play against. Um, now that uh, I've got a better idea of uh, what he is. I haven't faced him yet, guys. I haven't um, seen him on the other side of the table. And uh, I'll be very anxious for the last segment when you guys talk about how, I, how I'm supposed to deal with him. But let's um, let's go beyond Brewery. So we know about Brewery. you know about Wesley. Um, so those two are coming in. Uh, John, can you kind of talk to me about uh, your always hires, what what your core
0: crew is when you bring Brewery in? All right. Well... For one, I think that the Whiskey Golem, you can't, you honestly can't talk about Bayou right now without talking about the Whiskey Golem. This thing is crazy good. It's super tanky, armor two, um, it has beer goggles. It's basically just lurching around the table, popping things with a uh, three, four, six damage track, onslaught trigger, a built in oh. trigger that does poison two. Um. Yeah, this guy is just a he's he's a walking monster. Um, he has nimble, so he can he can walk. Um, as a as a bonus action, he has beer goggles. So if you do have poison, which the first time he punches you, you're going to have poison. Um, and he has a defensive trigger that sprays poison to everybody within two inches of him. So he's super tanky. And yeah, he, well, let's
1: talk about his tankiness a little bit. What's keeping him up?
0: Um beer goggles and armor two. Like armor two is yeah. hard to punch through. Um beer goggles is gonna make it so that they're just shedding their hand trying to hit him. And then there's so many heals like with a, with what he has eight hit points and armor two. So if you can't kill him in one activation, he's just gonna get healed back up and then it's like you haven't even touched him again. So
2: yeah, in my experience, he he generally has a tanuki about six inches behind him.
0: Yeah, your opponents are going to hate tanuki, Roman. You want to take those guys?
2: Sure, they are. I, they're not an always take for me, but it's very close. Uh, they are a cheaper model. Uh, about they're five stones. They have beer goggles as well. An interesting defensive trigger uh, on a tome. After resolving, so it doesn't matter if they win or not, they take an interact action, even if engaged, and then you place them within six inches of the attacking model. So if they get sniped, suddenly you have a Tanuki on the other side of the
1: board. Right, you're going um, to you're gonna have to explain that to me again, Roman, because okay. I don't think I understood that. That sounds really good. <laughs> it, it is, uh, though they're probably
2: not going to survive long if they lose on it, because they are only five, five health. Uh-huh. So on defense... If you have any sort of tome in the in your defensive flip or you cheat one in right uh, after you resolve the attack, the tanuki can take an interact action even if they're engaged. then you place
1: the tanuki anywhere within six inches of the attacking model. Wow. So like so even if like someone is sniping, it could, yeah. he could he could travel 15 20 inches mm-hmm. and it's after resolving so it doesn't matter if you win or lose. Oh, that's really interesting. Really interesting. Um, huh. I don't think I've ever... What's that ability called? I'm a teapot. Oh, jeez. That's good. <laughs> that's good. Um, so, Roman, are, are you using uh, the Whiskey Golem? All the time. I yeah. think I've taken it...
2: Or I think I've not taken it once or twice just to see how it worked into a more schemy pool. And while those games still went well... I ultimately wanted the Whiskey Golem because, generally speaking, he spends the first turn or two beating something in the face, and then after that, he's punched through the opposing lines, and if you don't need him to tank anymore, he has Nimble, so he can drop a Scheme, walk and drop a Scheme he's making you points for as expensive as he is. He's 10 stones
1: and he is worth every single one of those. Well, and if anybody uh, listening has ever played in more than one or two or three Malifaux tournaments, I know you already have a whiskey golem because that is guaranteed to be one of the mystery boxes that you're going to get as the, uh, one of the, either the clear root beer or whatever it was, whiskey columns. I think at one point I have none now finally, but at one point I had three of them and nobody used them. <laughs>
0: There's another pretty great model that um, comes up a lot in my crews um, and a lot of people that I've talked to that play brew- uh, Brewmaster really love. He's another four stone model and he's another kind of, he's uh, technically one of uh, Asami's models and that is the Akaname. So these little guys are only four, um, they're only four uh, points, but they have this crazy um bonus action called a foul gift. It needs a five. They gain a flicker choke tro- token. They drop a scheme scrap or corpse marker into base contact. So for a weak card out of your hand, you get a scheme marker or you get a scrap marker, which is important to one of the sort of subsets of the tri-chi, uh, build that can definitely pop you out, a uh, whiskey gammon when you need it, or it can help heal, and put shielded on the uh, whiskey golem to keep it safe. So these little guys are fantastic. They have a slow, like a built-in slow on a one, two, three damage.
1: And are they? Is this is this an out of faction hire? Are you paying tax on this, or is it also also tri chi? Nope,
0: they're tri chi, and they're actually Bayou faction. So, And um, the fact that they're zombies, they get to hang around with brewmaster.
1: <laughs> oh, so so I got you. So so it's a tri-chi model, but out of faction.
0: No, it's in faction. It's an only out of faction.
1: I see. Okay, so Asami is hiring it out of yes. out of faction. Yes. All right. Uh, obviously, I may have had a few brewmasters myself before this podcast started because apparently I'm having a hard time understanding this stuff. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, uh, how about you, Roman? Are you bringing that model? I definitely am.
2: Uh, I. It took me, I wasn't using them at first because I didn't have them painted yet. But once I took a look at them, they were the next thing on my painting table. And since
1: then, I've brought at least one every game, usually two. Yeah, for that, for that price, you, uh, I could definitely see that. John, who's kind of rounding out your core crew?
0: Well, my next core crew is actually not in Brewmaster's faction. She's actually Trixie. Um, as a matter of fact, she's Trixie Bell. So I really like her. She offers another lure. My play style for Brewmaster is to get everybody locked into that bubble. He's not necessarily mm-hmm. like a bubble for his crew, but he definitely wants everyone within eight or four inches of him to either gain slow or not be able to use bonus actions. Cause Brewmaster is just locking people in like he used to do in second edition. And Trixie Bell, she gives you a bonus to your initiative flips. And she's got a lure with a coordinated attack, which is great because you can lure somebody in, and then oh look, we'll just smack them in the face. So I really like um, I really like having Trixie around. She's a little expensive. You're looking at eight out of uh, out of you know keyword, but for the way I play Brewmaster, she's invaluable.
1: How about you, Roman? Do you find yourself bringing in Trixie Bell? i have looked at her the
2: entire beta i have consciously decided not to bring her but only because i brought her literally every game with him in m2e you you needed her in m2e and i wanted to make sure he can run without her uh i'm glad to say that she that he can i'm also glad to hear that john's been having good success with her because she looks good on paper um Rounding up mine, I, I always bring either one of uh, Brewey's henchmen, either fingers, or popcorn. And when, Let's talk about popcorn first. Okay. Uh, he is a newer uh, model. He's in the backdraft box, although I expect we'll see him uh, and the rest of the, the Bayou guys in that in a new box uh, shortly. He has the same alcohol poisoning aura as brewery. So models within aura eight of him suffer an extra damage from poison. When they take poison, he has beer goggles. He's nigh impossible to lock down because at the start of his activation, he can move up to three inches, ignoring other models. Mm. And he has moved six. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. So he's rolling around on this barrel. Uh, it's actually his melee attack, he can roll over people or he has breath of fire. Uh, which is we've talked about on the Colette show as well a it's a ranged attack with no projectile and it hands out burning along with blast damage He has a trigger on his that says, instead of gaining burning, they gain poison too. So you can hand out that. And on top of everything else, he also, as a bonus action, has the same blood poisoning that Brewmaster and McMorning have. Uh, So he can kind of solo run off to a corner and start running schemes really fast. And if he runs across any little scheme runners, he
1: can pretty well take them out. Yeah, it sounds like it. And how much does he go for? How many stones? He is eight stones That's not too bad That's a lot of abilities For eight stones How about um,
2: Fingers Fingers is the tried and true uh, guy. He used to be. The one thing he's lost is a little bit of mobility. No longer has Nimble, uh, but I'm pretty sure that's because Popcorn exists. Uh, He has beer goggles as well. He has his built-in squeal, so every defense attack that you make on him, he's gonna get to move three inches. And uh, he has a chatty aura, so everybody within six inches uh, has to discard a card to take an interact action if they're an enemy. And uh, defense willpower six, movement six. Uh, He has the have a drink attack that everybody else has, Mm -hmm. except he has a built-in trigger on it where if they have poison three or more, he gets to
1: obey them to do a thing. Oh, that's nice. And, And do you find yourself bringing both of these guys or just one or the other?
2: I've occasionally found myself bringing both of them. To me, it's really a question of am I trying to scheme internally to the board or am I trying to scheme running far away if it's internal fingers comes or if i'm trying to deny schemes internally fingers comes with that chatty aura Uh, if i'm trying to go further afield it's usually popcorn if i need somebody to stick around a little
1: bit longer than a whiskey gammon will because he's a little bit tougher and he can get across the board yeah and he can use stones Oh right, of course, right. And now, John, you're um, you know, you're already talked about hiring out of fat, out of uh, keyword there with Trixie Bell. Is there any other out of keyword models that people need to know about, or even some versatile models?
0: I think there absolutely is um, in the faction. I don't think you can ignore the mechanized pork chop. It's a versatile model. It has this great um, ability called Rage Machine, which lets any model, a friendly model that's close to it. Suffer a damage to automatically get positive flips to the damage duels of their attacks, oh. their melee attacks. Yeah, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. This guy just uh, stomps around the field. Um, he's armor one, pretty, I mean, decently tanky, but really what he's doing is just enabling your melee beaters like the Whiskey Golem to suddenly just turn on and start punching people hard.
1: Yeah, I think that. Um... For people that have been playing three uh, for a little while now, I think that I think uh, you'll find this because I did, which is you know things changed between two and three, and the amount of damage output that models had really really went down. So you, all your min damages went down. A, a min three model is is now a rare thing. Where by the end of two, you know min three was everywhere. Um, you wouldn't even be, consider calling something a beater if it wasn't min three. Whereas you know in two we see a lot less of that, but the ramping of the damage tracks as a result have become a lot more important. So in two, it was nice to get a positive on the damage flip. I think it's a big deal to get that in three um, because that's really where the, where the pain comes from.
0: Oh, without a doubt. And um, Roman, I think you and I had like just briefly mentioned before the podcast, the, um, the sort of like mechanized construct crew, that you can bring with brewmaster. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a cool build because there is this kind of nice little sub theme where you've got the whiskey golem, you've got Cooper who we can talk about here in a minute. You've got the mechanized pork chop. You've got the whiskey gammon. You have all of these little constructs running around and they're all just kind of synergizing off of each other with brewmaster sort of in the middle, just like either luring things in to get creamed or, You know, locking in the things that you're more the most scared of, so that the big guys can go out and take your, you know, take the shots on all the scheme runners and everyone that uh, you're not super scared of.
2: Definitely, and and the the party bus of that construct party is it's. I've actually found it spreads out uh, more easily in some ways than the the quote unquote standard brewery crew, because you can kind of just be like, all right, robots over here. Brewy over there, which problem
1: does your opponent want to deal with? And Roma, when John's talking about uh, the construct synergy, um, what exactly is that? So this is where, generally speaking, if your
2: opponent is Playing against Bayou, they might not be expecting a ton of armor, and suddenly you're walking in with Whiskey Golem and the Mechanized Porkchop, both mm-hmm. of whom are armor two. Uh, Cooper is Brewie's other enforcer uh, who has armor one and can actually give herself uh, shielded two at the start of a turn if she also gains staggered. Uh, she can also summon the Whiskey Gammon that are armor two, or excuse me, armor one on them. Uh, And she also does, uh, she can give them shielded, heal them, uh, a bunch of different things. Like, Cooper is just this, uh, she's rolling around these barrels and giving them life and keeping them there. Uh, I've played around with the idea of bringing Sparks in a uh, a mech crew like this. He gets a little expensive. I almost think you want to... In my experience with it, you want to bring him instead of Cooper, so you're not Mm -hmm. doing summoning. But Sparks is taking the place of keeping the robots uh, upgraded and well-maintained.
0: Yeah, so one of the things about um, this build, too, that is kind of all in that synergy is you have the Akanami, which for a five can drop a scrap marker. Cooper needs scrap markers to be able to heal multiple models with a single AP, which, you know, AP conservation is is a big deal in, in any version of Foe. So this is a big thing. And then the port chop, every time it moves at the end of its activation, it drops a scrap marker. So she's either summoning gammon off of it or she's healing multiple models. And, mm-hmm. and so you just kind of like have this, this, force of like hard to, to hit but also hard hitting constructs sort of moving off and you've put most of your points in this while she's also like randomly sprouting a whiskey gammon to go to the far flung fields to score outflank or breakthrough or whatever it is whiskey gammon need to do to win you the game.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it could potentially be, you know, because of their resiliency, something to consider maybe into Reckoning or turf war, or maybe if you're going up against Guild and you need to uh, you, you keep <laughs> more models on the table than you would normally. Um, are you guys finding this Construct build just to be overall more resilient? More
2: resilient is a I don't know about more resilient. I would say it's resilient in a different way, uh, just because this has, it's the armor that really does it, and it's a question of if your opponent brought something expecting it or not. Mm -hmm. Whereas a normal, quote-unquote, brew crew is, they don't necessarily have the armor, but they have everything that has the beer goggles that's eating your opponent's hand, and also everybody has their own self-heal. Minus, like, the Akaname, I believe. But they can heal... Whenever they take poison damage. So,
1: now, John, in in your zip episode, you when we were talking about ways uh, that where zip struggles, you mentioned that Bayou in general struggles with armor. Um, so, I'm wondering if maybe if you're having a mirror Bayou match, uh, maybe this construct crew could give somebody a, um, some struggles.
0: Oh, without a doubt, I think it's a good one, and I also think that it's um, so taking this construct crew is probably where I'm going to take it if the scheme pool. Fits an aggressive mode a little better. So if Vendetta is in, or if um, Dig Graves is in, you know something, or Assassinate something that makes me want to be a little more aggressive and in their face, but also a little harder to like take down in a single hit, then I'm going to want to play go towards the Construct Crew versus my others uh, Brewmaster Crew, which I feel like really does well. When you've got hold up their forces or take prisoner or deliver a message, because that way in that crew, you're sort of synergizing bringing to bring people in, lock them down, get your points and then kill them when you're done with them.
1: It, that, you know what? That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Um, now you mentioned, uh, you like to put, uh, the cups of coffee upgrade on, uh, Brewey, uh, Roman, are you doing the same? um, I'm not doing it all the
2: time uh, just to kind of play with the different ways of playing him, but I definitely like putting it on him. It makes him feel more of the the hard lockdown like he was previously in M2E if you got him running correctly. Um, so more often than not, I'm putting that on him. The other upgrade I've often taken is Inferiority Complex. Uh, and I'll put this sometimes on Brewy, but usually on the whiskey golem uh, It gives them swagger, so if they don't have focus, they get focused one whenever they resolve a walk, and it gives them ruthless to ignore terrifying and manipulative
1: and depending on what your opponent has brought, that could be a big deal. Oh yeah, no, it's real good um any other upgrades that we're throwing around, and who are we putting them on john
0: um I really don't have a huge amount. Occasionally, I will also put a cup of coffee on a moon shinobi. Um, this is if I'm playing my more lockdown brewmaster, because uh, cups of coffee allows you, if it's on a minion, to move the model one inch whenever any other model takes an action or ends their activation, and the model with 12 cups of coffee is not engaged. So, this can shoot these um, moon shinobi like way up the field, and they're pretty resilient on their own. They've got stealth. Um, they've got a ton of conditions, which is why I really like them so they can, you know, sort of lock down. I think in one activation, I gave someone stunned, distracted, staggered, and poison with a single moon shinobi.
1: (laughs) That sounds good. And, you know, depending on the size of your crew and with him having stealth, um, it sounds like he's a little bit safer to kind of send up off that flank.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. If you're not uh, running the the gammon that you really don't care about because you're going to summon them up. You kind of want to keep your scheme runners a little safer. So you got a moon shinobi with stealth plus, um, the 12 cups of coffee. They're just bouncing all over the place. So good luck catching them.
1: So Roman, um, I I want to talk about hiring masters. Um, do you ever find yourself bringing in another Bayou master into, into this crew? mostly no. Uh, the the tri Trichai
2: theme is such an odd web of self-supporting uh, with other models to make the, the different poison and everything synergies work well. Uh, the cost of a second master, you're giving up a good amount of that support structure yeah. for it. Uh, that said, uh, bringing Zoraida in, because what she's doing is she's obeying your own guys to do what the models that would be there if she weren't would be doing uh, is pretty helpful and then once you have them set up after that first turn or so she can obey them to punch things more often or uh, at range she can hand out damage and injured which makes all your guys hit harder anyway
1: yeah. or, that makes sense how about you John
0: well let's be honest I mean when is Zerata not uh, an option like she's just ridiculous right now um, but in general, I agree with Roman. I don't tend to bring any masters outside just because um, I feel like the brewmaster synergies really require specific models. And that tax of a 16-point um, master is is kind of big. Um, so, yeah, usually I'm bringing either my constructs that are versatile or tri-chi models. Yeah, I mean, with... with
1: uh some of the keywords, like obviously, try Chi is that that has such incredible amount of synergy. You know, when you, there's an, a really an opportunity cost. You know that yeah, you might bring in Zareda and Zareda's awesome and can help you know get Brewery's crew where it needs to be and help uh, you know lock people into that bubble. But um, to your guys's points, that's that that's 16 points. You're not you're not extending that poison threat and you're not you know leveraging. All the benefits of that of that synergy. Yeah, 16 points is the Whiskey Golem and a Moon Shinobi. Right, that's a lot. That That is definitely a lot. Okay, guys, um, now that we have kind of a sense of the crew, what I want to do is um, kind of get more into gameplay. So uh, let's take a quick break. When we get back from the break, I want to talk about uh, what strategies um, the uh, Tri-Chi do, do well in, and let's even talk about a couple schemes. We'll be right back. Hi, friend, Craig here. Is this episode making you realize you need to buy some models? Gadzooks Gaming is my favorite online retailer because of their large selection, killer prices, and great customer service. Don't you hate buying an entire crew box when you only need one model? Gadzooks sells crew box models individually and saves you a ton of money. They even have free shipping to the U.S. and Canada if you spend $100 or more swing by gadzooksgaming.com and make sure you tell them Craig from the third floor sent you all the details are in the show notes So we've gotten all the pregame done. We've got an idea of, you know, how we're going to build our crew. We've got a really uh, a strong sense of not only how this crew is going to run, but I think that both Roman and John did a good job of kind of giving us an idea how you can flex those core builds a little bit, depending on uh, what your needs are. So John, you know, as I'm doing these deep dives on all of these different masters, um, it's pretty consistently we're finding that, um, you know, keyword certain keywords are better in some strategies or others. So for you, you know what what strategy just screams brewmaster
0: you know it's hard to put a finger on because well fingers in this point I guess if you want the pun um <laughs> that brewmaster really kind of does everything well I mean he's pulling people in to be able to punch them down he can punch them down himself um I have done twenty four damage to Lady Justice in a single turn single activation so he can hit with the best of them so he can do turf war, he can do reckoning, he can also hold people out of position and send his own guys out to do cursed idols. Healing is important in cursed idols. There's really not a lot Brewmaster can't touch.
2: Completely agreed there. He is, in my opinion, the jack of all trades of the Bayou Masters that I run. Uh there are a few things that I can look at and be like, oh, Corrupted Idols, Zoraida can do that in her sleep. But again, what can't she do in her sleep? Uh, but Bruey, I think, is is the jack of all trades that not everyone's going to expect in every case. So he kind of has a little bit of that, I'm going to sneak in through the back door in some cases.
0: Well, and I think this is the theme, sorry, I'm sorry, I think this is the theme you're going to find throughout um, just Bayou in general, like the only Bayou crew that I look at and go, well, they probably can't do this is Ophelia and the kin. They pretty much have like their specific set you want to take, but everybody else zip Zoraida uh, brewmaster Sommer, ma are wide open to do almost anything pretty consistently. Well,
1: all the conversations that I've been having both here on the podcast and, and offline, um, I've got a sneaking suspicion that Bayou is gonna end up really being a strong faction this edition. I would definitely
2: agree with that. Uh just based on the yeah, based on just the the beta, uh it was them and thunders that didn't have as much testing as everybody
1: else. Just because you had fewer people playing it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so Roman, let's talk schemes then. Um so if we're if we're if we're deciding that, you know, Brewey does a pretty darn good job into all four of the strats, um, are there is there certain schemes that would be in the pool that you would say, you know what, uh I think I am gonna take Brewey because either the Trichi does this these schemes well or they deny these schemes? Of
2: course. Uh and and this will change a little bit mostly depending on am I running standard Brewey or uh, robot party brewery. And for me, standard brewery does the scheme marker schemes really well, especially wide ranging ones. Breakthrough, search through ones, power ritual, uh, popcorn, and the gammon are fast enough uh, to get all of those done real fast. Uh, versus, like in the uh, robot party, if you have claim jump on there, I'm going to take it on probably Cooper or a Tanuki. The whiskey golem and the pork chop are going to go up in the middle push your guys back away from the center and whoever I took claim jump on is just going to chill there
1: and keep them healed up. Very, very nice. How about you, John? What are some
0: schemes that you like? Um, I definitely like with my build of a more controlly is uh, hold up forces because Bruy and Trixie are luring people into this bubble that they're going to have a very hard time getting out of. And they're just going to lock you in there and, and keep you in. Um, I like uh, take prisoner for the same thing. Like, Brewey doesn't have to kill you. I can pull that one model I want to pull in and just leave it there. And you may get out, but as soon as you get out, Brewey's just going to lure you back in. Like, it's such a de- uphill battle to get away from Brewmaster once he's got you locked in, that all of these schemes that want you super close, that's where this build of Brewey is going to keep you in. Like, you're going to have a very hard time sort of being able to to drag him in. I don't usually want to see him in outflank because it's just, it's such a long way away usually. Um, So I'll, you know, I'll avoid those. I'll avoid like breakthrough. And a lot of the ones that I'm looking at zip for and other, you know, ways that offer more mobility with this crew, I'm looking at how can I deny my opponent mobility and pull them in and get my schemes in um, that keep me, you close to me
2: yeah i would i would agree with that brewery's uh, best strategy and scheme is actually denial of your opponent's schemes i did want to say one thing on take prisoner i found it very easy to get the first point i've definitely uh, messed myself up a few times by not closely tracking how much poison that uh, tra- take prisoner model has and they die before i can do anything about it uh accidentally to poison
1: Boy, I never even thought about that. That's dangerous. The
0: secret to that is Apprentice Wesley. He has the end condition. Ah. sure it gives them focus. That's fine because they're only getting one action. So, you know, take your action and walk away. Okay. Um, You know, so, yeah, Wesley is the um, big thing. Actually, I played a pretty epic Brewmaster versus McMorning game. And one of the things that I looked at (laughs) after the game and was like, why didn't I think of this? Cause McMorning had like 20 or or 25 poison on him. It was an insane amount of poison and he was just healing up anything I did to him. So it made attacking him relatively useless. And I looked at Wesley and I was like, why didn't I just end the poison on him and, you know, put him back to a reasonable level of poison so I could deal with it.
2: That's nice. I actually recently had a, a McMorning match as well. Uh, and I, I, did that, but it was with a Tanuki. I wasn't even thinking about Wesley. Uh, but one thing I found with that game, it was so fun because they all have at least three poison on them. So he's already starting the party.
1: So everything he has is getting slow. That's cool. So, guys, we actually have a uh, Joe, one of our listeners, the guy um, that some of you may be familiar with Joe. He does the Coordinated uh, Strike podcast. He actually um, sent in a question. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, find out uh, here what Joe's wondering. And, uh, Roman, maybe you can answer it for him. Hey, guys. Cheated Fates Joe here.
0: Just had a quick question for you about Brewmaster. Uh, First time caller, long time listener, uh, by the way.
1: I need to know what brew should I be drinking when I play Brewmaster? Because I think it's pretty important to be buzzed when you're going to go ahead and hand out swill to the rest of the game. Uh, Thanks. I'll wait for your response.
2: So that is an excellent question. Uh, First off and most foremost, the most important thing to consider about your brew choice when you are playing Brewmaster is to be drinking something that you can share. Uh, Because as you're playing, as you're hearing on this uh, cast, you are going to want to give them something that will wash away all the pain. Uh, (laughs) uh, I personally appreciate a good scotch. Uh, That is not a thing for everything. So you should probably talk about that with your opponent uh, before the game, probably right after talking about terrain is when I'd bring that up
1: that's great that's great joe i appreciate you sending that question in all right guys we're gonna go ahead and take a break here but uh when we get back from the break i want to focus on uh, really my two favorite segments in these deep dives one is uh talking about some second level play and uh also talking about ways to counter them so uh we'll be right back Howdy, folks. Craig here. Now, if you love gadgets as much as we do, you're going to love the new Third Floor Wars gadget bundle from Schooner Labs. Branded with the logo of your favorite podcast, it comes with two measuring multi tools a compass stepper for those tight and important movements, along with a compact dashboard to track your turn, strat, and scheme scoring, along with your soul stones and pass tokens. It is the perfect bundle for anyone who plays Malifaux or just wants to look cool while doing it. The link is in the show notes. Check them out and help support your favorite gaming podcast. So, John, one of the things that... um I keep hearing and I'm starting to experience it myself as I get more and more games in with the same crew is, you know, you get kind of your first level play with a crew, which is, you know, you've read the cards, you're, you know, you're playing them as, as designed um, as you expected to. But it seems to me like after your 10th, 11th game with the same, with the same crew, you start noticing things you didn't notice before. So I, I know you've had several games with brewmaster. What do you think is something that somebody who plays brewmaster a lot will kind of discover.
0: Well, it's one of the things where, you know, when I first looked at Brewy in the beta, I put him to the side because he didn't seem like the same Brewy that I wanted to play in second edition. So I was like, Hey, you know, this guy's a little too like single minded in what he does. And then I started playing him and I, like, all of these little things just started ticking into place, you know, this kind of, like, beautiful mind sort of like, oh, well, I can do this and pull this and I can pull in here. And the next thing I know, I have these, like, very convoluted sort of turns where um, I have to start thinking about how much poison I put on something here, how much I need left, who I need set to heal. So Brui isn't a straightforward master, which is my favorite type of master. I love complex masters. Um, because he has to spend a lot of time kind of working on his order of activations in being able to keep up poison, not only on brewmaster, but also on your opponents so that they're slowed when they start working, you know, when they activate and so that you can balance those heals. A lot of the crew, especially if you're playing like a traditional Tri-Chi, a lot of their defense is on how much they can heal. So you have to play this very, like, balancing game of how low can I get a model's hit points before they're too low, and then I'll lose them without the heal. So I think that's the second level of Brewery play is, like, learning how to balance sort of your, your order of activations to keep the game going at the tempo you need it to be.
1: How about you, Roman? What, what did you discover after you had, you know, eight, nine, ten games of Brewery under your belt? What uh, John just said about health tempo
2: is right on the money. That's definitely going to be something that uh, a new Brewmaster player is going to get as they go. Uh, There were two things for me that really, it it took me a while to kind of figure out why is this here? One is on Brewmaster himself. It's uh, Riddles in the Dark, uh, where the target gets distracted based on the number of the difference of number of cards in both players' hands to a maximum of two. Not a bad uh, bad action, but I just kept looking at it going, or I could lure someone, right. or I could walk and charge them and, and really do it. And it took me a while until I was like, okay, what can I do with this? And the answer is, you can target your own moon shinobi with it, since they turn all negatives into positives and all positives into negatives. If you have them wandering around with distracted two on them they basically have focus because most of the time when you're attacking somebody, you'll be at a negative on damage, which is a positive for them. Uh, so that's, that's kind of his way. He can support the moon shinobi specifically to really turn up the volume on them. Uh, the, the other thing I noticed, uh, after a while is they have this burning sub theme that I was looking at going, why is this here? Uh, Cooper, and uh the mech pork chop and both the Whiskey Golem and Gammon all have some way of handing out poison, as does popcorn, as I mentioned earlier. And I'm going, okay, this is interesting, but we're already handing out poison. There's nothing really special about burning in this crew to make it that much better. And the answer ultimately is if you are facing something with armor and didn't bring anything to deal with it, or shielded for that matter, uh this is your way of getting around that because at the end of the turn you're going to ping them for poison and for burning and, uh, burning doesn't tick down. So they now have what is already a stressed out condition removal team on their end to go. Now I have more conditions to deal with and they're not pinging me for a lot necessarily, but it's enough of, Oh, you just took one or two and again, and again, and again, and you've just pinged them to death.
0: I have to say Roman that, uh, the whole uh, moon shinobi thing completely like I've been playing Rui for a bit. And when you said that, I was like, no way. So that's kind of how next level that is. Like, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, my opponents are going to hate you for it. So thanks. You're welcome. Uh, give them a Guinness for me.
1: So a couple thoughts there. One on the moon shinobi thing. Um, I mean, is the moon, cause we, you know, we, we touched on him a little bit, you know, trading, A brewy AP, you know, to give that to a Moon Shinobi, you know, what is the Moon Shinobi doing with that to make that worth uh, making making that a good trade? So for me,
2: the trick with that is I won't do it unless it's getting them distracted too, Uh, because with the Shinobi, they with as good as drunken kung fu is to switch the positives and negatives, it has one major drawback: they cannot benefit from Focus. If they use Focus, it's suddenly negatives on everything. So if you have a shinobi, maybe you took vendetta on him and you really need him to be powered up for his next turn. That's when you do it. You just want to make sure that you're watching your opponent's hand and going, ah, we're at a, a two card difference at least. I want to power this shinobi up so he can charge in and, and really just hopefully get double uh severe damage and do 8 damage to somebody
0: and not just that but they're also handing out massive levels of conditions like I said a shinobi oh yeah with the right um, with the right suits can give out staggered stunned um, distracted and poison all of that is going to once again be part of that lockdown theme of here's this little guy he only has 6 hit points but you're so conditioned up you're never going to touch him exactly
1: yeah and and the other point i wanted to kind of hammer home to uh roman you're talking about you know having to deal with armor right and you know loading somebody up on both poison and burning i think your points were excellent because they're going to get pinged for both but boy if you can get either or both of those up to plus four then things would get real ugly real fast
2: Mm -hmm. And and especially when if you're anywhere near
1: wesley brewery or popcorn even poison one is doing two damage every turn yeah that's right that's right um all right so you know this is the part of the podcast uh, guys where everybody listening including myself is like well all right so this is overpowered and nobody can beat brewery so let's help people out a little bit roman what is brewery afraid of
2: uh ranged control is probably the big one uh if you can say put a bunch of ice markers around to where all of his crew is gaining slow before they can get to you that's a problem he doesn't have a good way around that other than hopefully you brought in enough small guys enough akaname moon shinobi that they can start breaking those pillars before the important pieces go uh that's a big one uh, the other one would be terrifying or large amounts of willpower duels. Brewy, Popcorn, and Fingers are all pretty good there with uh, willpower six at least. The rest of the crew is middling to dismal, uh, which means Brewy and, and his henchmen and maybe the Whiskey Golem, if you give him inferiority complex, they can do the hurt work, but you're leaving them without their support of putting poison on something first, so that they are more uh, vulnerable to incoming damage. If the if the uh, whiskey gammon can't shoot his uh, hose of of booze at you from eight inches away and hook you up, if you have terrifying twelve to his willpower three,
1: brewy's kind of on his own at that point. So, so you mentioned raspy. Um, Is there any other which you would consider almost hard counter uh, masters or keywords out there? I haven't played against her yet, but looking at her on paper, Nelly could be a problem. Why is
2: that? She just has a lot of different control aspects. Uh, I'll be honest, I, I should have looked at her more before we got on the, the podcast for more details on this one. But just in general, she has a lot of different odd ways of, of doing some control.
1: Well, it's that style that you talked about, that, that, mm-hmm. that he's just not a fan of. How about you, John? John, what have you found you know, where brewery struggles?
0: Um, I had a pretty tough game against uh, Yuako. I don't actually know how to pronounce her name. Um, the new 10 Thunders Master. Yoku, Yoku Yeah, the new 10 Thunders yeah. Master. Um, just because having less cards in your hand to to be able to, you know, sort of fight these things was was kind of a problem. So another control master again was kind of an issue for me, struggling to figure out how to play around her. Um, because Brewy plays such an intense resource game already, anybody else that's like forcing you, like Raspy, who's forcing you to play more resources in just to play a normal game, you kind of have to whoever whoever gets that first leg up in the in the control match is going to sort of snowball ahead. Um, I haven't played Brewmaster against Molly yet, but I, I feel like this might also be another place where I'm like, oh, I just don't even want to look at you right now. Um, yeah, we we need to fix that problem, John. You and I need to get a game in. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Um, maybe not against Molly, although that brand new alt Molly, <laughs> um, the set that just came out. I got a feeling I'm going to be seeing Molly everywhere.
2: Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. Uh, As far as Molly, the other trick with her, uh, Archie has numbskull, so you cannot put poison on him, which turns off a lot of their defenses in this case. Uh, Another option that just uh, occurred to me to, to mention, if you're bringing... Robot Brewey, anybody that ignores armor, uh, the yeah. Whiskey Golem is great. But if he only has eight wounds and the Mech chop only has six and you're going
1: through that without the armor too, they're going to fold pretty easily. I could definitely see that. Um, now, John, you mentioned um, the game briefly, but can, can you guys, because uh, I, I, I still haven't heard all the details. You had Brewey against McMorning. Um, and, and I really would love to get kind of a three-minute summary of what the hell happened in that game.
0: So that game was pretty epic. I was play, playing against um, Michael Roper, who's one of our locals, um, and he has this, and I'm sorry, Michael, I'm going to give away your, your tech. Everybody will know it now, but it's good, so at least your name will be attached to it. So what he does is he sets everybody into a little ball, and then he um, obeys Rafkin and Sebastian to throw poison grenades on the whole crew. So you're looking at pretty much everybody in the crew having 20 to 25 poison on them at any time, which is super frustrating to play against if you're not playing brewmaster or even if you are playing brewmaster, because that means all of his guys have perverse metabolism and are healing up massively. Unfortunately for him... Having lots of poison on you is what Brewmaster really wants you to do. Um, So Brewmaster has this really cool um, defense trigger, which will push you equal to the number of poison on you um, if you hit. And we realized that I could very easily at one point have pushed McMorning all the way into the other board that the people next to us were playing like i could push him 22 <laughs> inches just just send him flying across if i wanted to but of course Brewey wants to keep him right there so um he he kind of did this little bubble um he had a contori run off to one flank and i just kind of like pulled my little Brewy bubble up and um he let rafkin get just a little bit too close with all of him. morning's little pushes and things so i was able to first turn grab Rafkin, bring her into the slow no bonus bubble and the next turn she was just deleted for the reckoning yeah. point. Um, and after yeah. that it was Ra- just Ra- kind Ra-
1: of... Rafkin's one of the softer pieces in that crew.
0: It is. it is. And she was important to his uh, build up too. So I definitely needed to get rid of her. Um, and then like after that, I was just pulling in McMorning, I was pulling in nurses, I was um McMorning had a little play because the nurses, every time I pull in McMorning, the nurses were able to reach in and pull him back, and you know, so there was a lot of like back and forth of getting um at one point I realized it's absolutely pointless to go after McMorning because he's just healing the way poison works now, he's healing like six to seven points every turn. So just trying to kill McMorning is bad. But then again, McMorning ignores all of my defensive tech. So you really want him dead as well. So it was a close game. I think it ended up being like five to four, something like that. He missed the chance to kill popcorn with a Kentori and popcorn just squealed away or did his little move away um, and scored the points that I needed. So, um, it was definitely kind of like this, this weird little soft pillow fight of a battle where like he would hit me for so much, I'd heal up. I'd punch him for a bit or lock something down, and it'd just heal up at the end of the turn. and um, If I hadn't got that first turn Rathkin grab, the game probably would have been very different, but that set the tempo to just let me eek slightly ahead, but it was one of the most fun games I think I've ever had. I
1: bet. And, and what's funny about that matchup is, uh, you know, you have the obvious giggle you get when you think about it from a poison perspective. But I think, John, you kind of kind of explained, you know, that that there's all they really have an interesting counter to each other um, in, in a lot of respects at the same time. And uh, that pushing of uh, McMorning um, is one of those things you you never thought of having an opponent that would potentially have 12 poison on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was it was absolutely hilarious when I realized I could do it. Unfortunately, I didn't want to do it. Well, I, I wanted to do it, but in the game sense, like the strategical <laughs> sense, I didn't want to do it because I would have loved to have been like, oh, Jesse, McMorning's playing on your game now. Have fun with that.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Now, the other thing I would have imagined too, John, is that there probably weren't, wasn't a whole lot of triggers that were, t- were taken during that match.
0: No, no, absolutely not. It was... It,
1: you yeah. were not handing
0: out poison either of you <laughs> no no nobody wanted extra poison going on so like he definitely didn't want to hand That's more poison funny. to brewmaster and i uh you know didn't want morning healing anymore so
1: so roman um you've got uh, a couple places um where people can kind of track you down so can you uh l- let us know uh if people want to uh reach out to you or if they want to uh uh hear more of your thoughts sure so you can find
2: me on the on the weird forms as boomstick and i'm also uh writing on the schemes and stones blog uh under the same name i've been doing the monday models that you guys have been apparently enjoying from what i've been hearing and will continue to be doing so
1: yeah. That's really good stuff. And, uh, they need to get you back. We need to get you on the, uh, the scoundrels need to get you back on too. Yep. That was the next one I was going to say. Uh, I know they just,
2: they, we just did the, and I'm sorry for saying this, uh, Craig, but they did the Arcanist primer and I was on there for them. Uh, I know they have the Bayou primer coming out soon. Uh, that was not me though. That's a good friend of mine, uh, Nate. And I keep telling him to contact you to get on here. Uh, but yeah, I I'm occasionally on the Steam Powered Scoundrels as well and they are a great podcast to listen to for your fluffier side of things.
1: Yeah, they it's a they they do a great job. Um I'm an avid listener and when when they're uh when they have a new episode pop up it goes to the top of my queue uh for listening. Now John, you know, we're we're working on um having you potentially write for the Third Floor Wars um website. Um but uh where can they reach to you on the forums in the meantime?
0: Um, I am Mr. Bedlam on the forums. You can also, if you've got Bayou questions, join the Think and Luck um, FB group and for Bayou, and you'll find me there. Um, I'm usually pretty... I love to run my mouth, so you'll find me. I'm very active, um, and I have lots of opinions, so whether they're right or wrong, (laughs) you'll also hear those
1: yeah great and we'll have links to all of that stuff guys in the show notes so make sure you check out the show notes also make sure you go back and if you have missed the zip um deep dive make sure you listen to that with john it's a great episode and then the colette episode with uh, roman is also a must listen to gentlemen i do appreciate you coming on um this is not going to be the last time we'll hear from you i'm sure we'll have you back on again but until then take care of yourselves absolutely you too, thanks Craig. Again. thanks for having us all right thanks for listening Be sure to check out our shop on thirdfloorwars.com for the latest gaming apparel and gear. While you're there, check out how the USFO Tour is shaping up. How does your conference compare to the others in the United States? Where do you rank nationally? Get those models built, painted, and on the table so we can see you at the U.S. Masters Invitational in October of 2020. Also, rate and write a review on this podcast for us. It really helps us find people almost as cool as you are. Thanks for listening.